0: I am totally convinced that I'm not worthy to be up here. I'm not your leader. I'm not your pastor. I'm one of you guys. So like Jesus came and said among the people, I'm going to come down at your level because I'm not going to speak to you. I'm not going to speak at you. I'm going to speak with you. I'm going to find Ezekiel 22. And by the way, Can I encourage you not to go in your Bible to where I'm going to read? And the reason I say that, I'm going to read out of the New King James, which is what Gary normally uses. But because we get different versions, I don't want you to be distracted from what God is trying to say. So just listen if you would, and I'll try to read it with clarity. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, and the me is Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 22. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, say to her, You are a land that is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation. The conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion, tearing the prey. They have devoured people. They have taken treasure, precious things. They have have made many widows in her midst. Her priests have violated my law and profaned my holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and the unholy, nor they have made known the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they have hidden their eyes from my Sabbath, so that I am profaned among them. Her princes in her midst are like wolves, tearing the prey, to shed blood, to destroy people, and to get dishonest gain. Her prophets plastered them with untempered mortar, seeing false visions and divining lies for them, saying, "Thus saith the Lord," when the Lord had not spoken. The people of the land, the people of the land, have used oppressions committed robbery, and mistreated the poor and needy, and they have wrongfully oppressed the stranger. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. And I have recompensed their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. I am coming to you as God's mouthpiece, as his ambassador, and a recruiter. Because I'd like to recruit anybody this morning willing to stand in the gap Have anybody has anybody realized the spiritual warfare that we are involved in it is so real look at our land the last 54 years we've taken God and his word out of the public education System. And bless your hearts for those of you who are teachers, principals. You don't know how profoundly I respect you being a witness in the public school system, but nonetheless, none of you have the authority or the right to speak God's truth. You can live it, but you can't speak it. So, in the last 400 plus years of our history, and I go back to Jamestown, 1607, the first official colonization in America. In the last 400 plus years of our history, in the last 54 years, we've taken God and his word out of the public educational system. We can't pray. We have given women the right to torture and murder their children. Wow. And we do that, by the way, over 3,000 times every single day in this nation. Every single day and my question in that statistic alone is where is the church has it become normal just par for the course in American everyday life that we just accept that as norm murdering and tor- torturing first and then murdering three thousand kids every single day God have mercy on us Santa Claus has replaced the nativity scene has he not Maybe not in your home, but you go out in any store. It's all about Santa Claus. The Easter bunny and the Easter egg has replaced the cross of Easter. We now no longer honor God's word that says a marriage is between a man and a woman only. And I could go on and on and on. But you know where I would go with that. We're in a warfare, we're in a spiritual warfare. And God is looking for somebody to stand in the gap. The history of this Ezekiel 22, um, I'm not going to go back any farther than I than I have the time to do that, but um, you had the northern kingdom, which was called Israel, and you had the southern trip, uh, kingdom, which is called Judah, and it was made up of Judah, the tribe of Judah, and most of the Benjanites. Northern kingdom was the rest of the uh, 10 tribes of Israel. Well, over 120 years ago from this time, which is approximately 597, 598 BC, but over 120 years ago, the northern kingdom had already been destroyed and, uh, and dispersed, by the way, to the point, by the, by the Assyrians, dispersed to the point where today they're even see, seeking what they call the lost tribes of Israel because no one knows where they were, where they were taken to. Well, now we're talking about Judah. And by the way, if you know your history of the scriptures, God sent men after men after men after men to challenge Israelites, but they did not listen. So God gave them over to his wrath. Well, now we're in, this is Ezekiel speaking. And by the way, he is contemporary with Jeremiah. Um, and he's contemporary with Daniel. Daniel has 12 years before this was written been taken to Babylon so he, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in Babylon Um, but God's trying to get Judah now to repent and turn from its wicked ways Um, Judah had already been taken uh, Judah was already subjugated to Nebuchadnezzar and his father and that's why Daniel and his three friends were taken there But now Jerusalem itself had not been destroyed yet. And this is where Ezekiel is prophesying, thus saith the Lord, I was looking for a man, but I could not find anybody. You know the story, by the way. Because he did not find anybody, because nobody would stand in the gap, they experienced his wrath. Do we see the tribe of Judah today? No, we don't. The wrath of God is not something that we want to take lightly. This spiritual warfare that I'm talking about is not something we want to take lightly. It's real. It's very real. How are we going to, if you would be willing to, stand in the gap? How are you going to do it? And by the way, what are the qualifications for that? You first have to be drawn by God. Jesus said, no one comes to me. No, excuse me, no one comes to the Father but through me. And no one comes to me except for God draw him. So you first have to be drawn. And so I'd, I'd like to ask you to ask yourself, am I, have I been drawn? Secondly, you have to believe in the gospel the way it's written in the, in, in the Bible. Then you have to repent. And the next step is where we, in modern-day Christendom, have missed the mark. The next step is living life God's way because there's a huge deception, which is a part of the spiritual warfare I'm talking about. There's a huge deception. And by the way, Jesus tells us um, through John, and through other, other uh, epistles that Paul in his Pauline letters tells us other times. But in the end times, there are going to be a lot of deceivers. There are going to be false teachers. And ladies and gentlemen, there's a huge number of false teachers out there. And one of, them, one of the most deceptions, uh, strategic deceptions he's using is what it means to be a Christian. So first you're drawn, you believe, you repent, and then you do life God's way. It isn't getting baptized or, uh, what do we call it? Dedicated. It isn't being baptized or dedicated as a kid. It isn't saying some ritualistic prayer. It isn't being a church member. It isn't going to church. It isn't being a child of a parent who is born again. It's being born God's way. And so I challenge you, have you been born again? Because you have to be born again to be one of these that are God's calling to stand in the gap. Are you born again according to Scripture and not according to the tradition of men? So, and one more thing before I get into another portion of Scripture. If you are not born again today, If you know within your heart that the Holy Spirit does not dwell here. And by the way, Jesus said the kingdom of God is where? Here. If you don't experience, can't experience God's presence, if you don't know that the Holy Spirit, if you don't know the Holy Spirit, I challenge you, why are you rejecting the truth of God's word? If you do not experience being born again, you will spend eternity in the hell that God prepared for Satan and his enemies. By the way, God did not prepare hell for unbelievers. He prepared hell for Satan and his demons. And we who choose not to do life God's way are going to go there because we want to follow Satan. So I challenge you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you don't know the Holy Spirit, Ask yourself why. And do you want to experience the wrath of God? Jesus said, don't fear those who can kill the body only. Fear him who can kill the body and the soul. So if you are born again, and you want to take up the challenge of standing in the gap on behalf of your family, on behalf of this community, on behalf of this church, on behalf of America. You, ladies and gentlemen, need to put on some armor. And I say ladies because we generally don't like to think of ladies in the military, even though just recently we're now giving women the quote-unquote right to go and fight hand-to-hand combat, shame on us as a country. But uh, Ephesians, oh no, it's, excuse me, Galatians uh, 3, verse 28 says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for we are all one in Christ. So you ladies have the right to stand in the gap on behalf of America, on behalf of this church, on behalf of your family. Um, See Joe and Kathy here. I don't care if you're 8 or if you're 98. You can stand in the gap. If you know Jesus Christ, if you are born again. But what do you have to do? You have to put on some armor. Um, Paul, in the book of Ephesians, and by the way, the first three chapters of Ephesians talks about the gloriousness of what Miles and Judy sang about the gospel. Phenomenal three chapters. The next three chapters, he talks about how to do life God's way. Is it necessary, by the way, to do life God's way? Is obedience something that God requires of us Christians? Excuse me, those of us who call ourselves Christians. Is it something God demands of us? I hope and pray that you say yes unequivocally. Because he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And I think it's interesting he says Lord, Lord twice. But why do you call me Lord, Lord and don't do what I say? He says the way that we're talking about now, and all of you who are born again understand it, it's straight, it's narrow, and it's difficult. Are we walking that straight and narrow and difficult path? If you are called, excuse me, if you're willing to take God's call to be standing in the gap, you have to do it God's way. You have to walk the narrow, the straight, and the difficult path. And by the way, that that path is going to be filled with hurdles, with um, landmines. And what are some of those? The sin that that Satan tempts us with. Lust. That's a landmine that we get... uh, that we are accosted with as we walk that straight and narrow. Um, addictions, attitudes, all kinds of hurdles and things that, that uh, we need to put this armor on to go that straight and narrow path. But let me read Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And I, I, can I emphasize, be strong in the Lord, not by the Lord, but in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, not just part of it, but all of it, that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemings of Satan. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Let me just stop there just for a minute. Our battle is not with one another. If Mike came up to me and just put all he could into trying to destroy my character, to try to destroy my ambition, my passion for following Christ, Mike's not my issue. We don't fight against flesh and blood. So I would challenge you, if you really struggle with somebody, family member, church member, realize that's not your issue. The issue is powers of Satan. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able, excuse me, you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth and supplication for all the saints. And then he goes on about praying for him specifically. Taking up the full armor of God. Well, obviously, this is a this is an analogy of a soldier. And just let's just go through those parts. He first tells us to put on the belt of truth. Um, I didn't have time. I would have tried loved to try to dress up as a soldier, but I didn't have time. But anyway, the belt of truth. Um, if you know anything about... Your history, Roman soldiers, and, and their attire as soldiers. This belt, by the way, it was a continuous belt. It was not a partial belt. It um, was used, what was it used for? <coughs> First off, it held a scabbard, which what, what went in a scabbard? The sword. Can you imagine any soldier going into battle? without a belt to hold his sword. Because they didn't, all, they didn't just have swords, by the way. They had smaller knives that they kept within this belt. But a huge part of this belt's function was they wore long robes, and they would pick, pick these robes up and tuck them in their belt, and then they'd be able to do the hand-to-hand combat with freedom. But Paul tells us, in an analogy, to put on the belt of truth. And what is truth? It's the word of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. He also said, this is truth. And I want to challenge anybody who is listening this morning. If you are a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, do you know truth? Because if you don't know truth, the spiritual warfare I'm talking about, you are a a, a major candidate for falling because you don't know the truth. You don't know what false teaching is going to be if you don't know the truth. The belt of truth. So let's take it. And he says, put on the breast, breastplate of righteousness. Whose righteousness? Mine? Wow. Yours? Mm-mm. Ain't going to work. We have to put on the breastplate of Christ righteousness. But one thing I will challenge you in this breastplate of righteousness, that righteousness gives us the right to do what? His righteousness gives us the right to do what? Live for him by grace. It gives us the right to come into the presence of God. His righteousness gives us the right, the privilege of coming into the presence of God and saying, Abba, Father. And by the way, the Father that we know in Scripture is the epitome. He's the definition of love. But ladies and gentlemen, He's also a just God. And that's why I challenge you to be willing to stand in the gap. Because if you are a Christian, do you love Unbelievers. Do you have a heart that bleeds for unbelievers? God did. So much that he gave Jesus Christ. Breastplate of righteousness. Put it on. And by the way, if we are willing to put it on, we can never take it off. While the Roman soldier could take his armor and take it off and put it on, a believer can't do it. We have to learn to sleep in it. 24-7. 24-7. Because Satan knows any time that you don't have a piece of this armor on, he's at you. He's coming at you. And I know just even this month, being this is the 17th of January, I know a lot of you did the uh, New Year's resolutions. And I know a lot of you said, I want to go deeper with Christ. And I also know a lot of you have been discouraged because of the spiritual warfare. God, does. Satan doesn't want you going closer to God. So he's going to bring it at you. Have you put on the armor, the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness? And then he says, take on the preparation of the gospel. Excuse me, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Debatable as to what the word prep, um, the preparation means. But suffice it to say, um, our feet are how we get to people to share the gospel. We need to be prepared excuse me, be prepared to take the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world in peace. He says, Above all, take in the shield of faith. Is your faith founded in this? If it is founded in this, ladies and gentlemen, it says you will be able to stop all the darts of satan with that shield of faith by the way you have to take it up and that the old roman soldier shield was a huge shoulder excuse me a huge uh, shield and it was heavy it had a ball in the front so that they could um do uh, close hand-to-hand combat and actually push people with it but we have to take that shield of faith and by the way faith in what Faith in this, and something that God is really, really teaching me in the last years is that my faith in this can take me beyond any expectation I have of who I am in Christ and what I can do with him and for him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what my faith says. put on the helmet of salvation. Last time I spoke, I said I had a dream about going into battle without the helmet, and I referenced to salvation. And I want to clarify, please, please, please know your definition of Christianity because, again, that's being polluted and deluded and the deceptions of Satan in the spiritual warfare today to a degree that if you don't know Scripture, you can be easily deceived into thinking salvation is something that other than what God says it is and, and here's a point some of you are going to drop your jaw with. When God, when you become born again, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, right? What happens if you don't do life God's way after you're born again? Jesus said repeatedly, he who perseveres to the end will be saved. Romans, excuse me, Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. Said only the overcomers will keep their names in the book of life. If you don't overcome, I will blot your name out of the book of life. Read Romans, excuse me, Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. Read the parable of the soils and especially the one in Luke. The third soil, they believed for a while. Just because your name is written in the book of life doesn't guarantee you eternal salvation with Jesus Christ. You have to do life God's way. Is that, are you guys hearing that? Oof the. Helmet of salvation, put it on. And then praise God and walk in freedom. Walk in liberty. Walk in boldness. Walk in truth. Walk in love. Walk in peace. And then he says, praying always. Thessalonians, he tells us to pray without ceasing. Praying always. I asked Brenda to put an insert in the bulletin. Thanks, Lord. As my daily yeah, my daily accountability criteria and among other things, God's will for born again. Believers to do. Um, I think it's interesting now. Uh, a lot of us have trouble with the law. We think that if we obey God, we're doing salvation by works. We think that it's uh, following the law. Uh, just let you know, the New Testament has over a thousand commandments to do life God's way. And I just put these in here, and I'm talking about praying without ceasing, though. I just put this in here, my daily accountability. I challenge you to take any one of those or all of them and exercise your faith, praying without ceasing. Have any of you done it? Can you do it? If you can't and you're, let's say you're a young Christian, you can't do it without exercising your faith. And Timothy, or Paul tells Timothy to exercise his faith. Praying without ceasing. We have to be praying fervently. We have to be believing when we pray. And I put another condition on those of us who are husbands. We have to have a right relationship with our wives or God tells us that our prayers are hindered. But we have to be praying in this spiritual warfare I'm talking about. We have to be praying without ceasing. Let me finish this morning. Will you take up the challenge to stand in the gap on behalf of America? He didn't find anybody. God have mercy on this church on this country, if we won't stand in the gap. We have all, by God's grace, we have all it takes to stand in the gap. Let's do life God's way. Father, I bless you. Oh, all that is within my soul, bless you. You are God. And Lord, I could spend, I will spend eternity Blessing you for your attributes that are innumerable, that are perfect, that are just, that are holy. And I could go on and on. You are God. You created the world. You created everyone in this room and you gave us the opportunity to be reconciled back to you through Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you would, through your Holy Spirit, speak to our spirits to stand in the gap in the spiritual warfare that we are experiencing in profound manner today. And I pray this in Jesus Christ's name, amen. Can I challenge you, if you did, if you would be willing to stand in a gap, tell somebody, and then hold yourself accountable to that. Because I know, and I hope you know too, that unless we are held accountable to what we want to, where we want to go, what we want to do, we probably won't do it because our flesh will often take charge, so make yourself accountable to somebody. And I also put in there God's will. I'm, I am God's given me a heart for young people, and a lot of young people say, but I can't figure out God's will. I don't know what God's will is for my life. Can I guarantee you that if you were to go down through those, being sanctified, I mean, I can go through the whole list, but I don't have time. This is, this is God's will. It's very clear. Follow this, obey this, what you know, and he'll direct you into a perfect knowledge of God's will. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 say, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service, not conforming ourselves to the world, but be reformed, be reformed, excuse me, not being conformed to this world, but, but the reforming of your mind. Prove what is thy good and thy perfect will of God. So we can know the perfect will of God, but we have to do life God's way. Thank you.